bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B a a a a s. This shit is trumpanas. T r u m p a n a n a s. What? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> oh God. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julian, I'm so sick. Oh God, you're not so sick, you fucking loser. I'm very sick. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we tell you how we feel about the week in politics, or as one asshole reviewed on iTunes, a load of garbage from two idiots who have no idea what they're talking about. Well, fuck her, or him, whatever (laughs) whatever they were, because we got an advertiser. Yeah. By the time this airs, they probably won't even be advertising us anymore. Hopefully Robitussin can be our next advertiser. Yeah, well, but currently it's Green Chef, and they don't even, they who doesn't think that this podcast is a load of garbage? Well, they might. We can't really be sure. They We know they don't, well, we know, we think they only advertise with us because I really use Green That's Chef. That's true, you do use it. Um, maybe if Julie used Green Chef and not just me, she wouldn't be fucking sick right now. Maybe. But she is. But really what probably made her sick is traveling w- to Jizz Island <laughs> with um, all gay guys. Welcome to Jizz Island, <laughs> where all of your Jizz dreams come true. Yeah. That's right. I was at Jizz Island and I got Jizz. I got a Jizz disease. Yeah, you did. Um, the same Mexican fever that I, the same whale Jizz disease that I got when I was God, in Mexico. It is not a joke. It is not. Well, I'm sorry. It's terrible. I'm sorry that I sound like shit. There's nothing I can do about it. It's it's just awful and we just have to get through it. But Well, I want you guys to know that I love Green Chef. So um, basically it's like comes in a box to your door and you, you know, it has all the ingredients, but they're separated out and they're measured out. And then you make these dishes. And then I did the research because I do do a lot of research. And there's other, you know, companies like like Blue Plate or what's that fucking Blue company? Apron. Oh, Blue Apron. And like, we shouldn't talk about other companies. I learned that from my commercial audition. I know. Well, and then I told you that last time. But now this isn't a commercial we're doing. Oh, this that's is true. our podcast. You're I'm right. Doing whatever the fuck I want. That's true. So that's true. Basically, that's, that's one that people do a lot. And so I will and I go to order that one. And like I, I said this in one of the ads, but it didn't make it. But it's like and it was like. Uh, my first because they give you like your first three meals free and green chef does that too um my first meals were like sloppy joes oh something you know like corn jalapeno cornbread with like fried chicken i don't even know but i was like oh i can't i'm not i don't even know the last last time i had sloppy joe was but i was definitely hung over in a roadside park with a sore asshole. I can tell you that was the last time I had one. So I'm not fucking going to have that when I'm oh, trying to get memories. <laughs> meals <laughs> delivered. And Julie's asshole was really sore. <laughs> I'm, da, 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 da. <laughs> Guess who likes anal in this duo, everybody? Um, we. So I, I'm not going to be... I don't want food like that when I'm getting it delivered to my house. I want help. You know, I try to eat healthy when I'm at home. And I eat, you know, do drugs and not eat. Um, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did all this research and Green Chef is 
the meals are healthy. You can do paleo, which I mean, I'm not going to go that far. You can do like vegan or vegetarian. You can do pescatarian, whatever. And then not only that, but the shit is organic. <laughs> right. So you don't have to worry when they send you meat or they send you corn that it's all GMO out the fucking asshole. Cause I am not trying to like more than healthy. I want, I want my shit to be organic. Right. So it's all fresh. It's all clean. Yeah. And the meals are good and I really like it. And, um, the fact that they're advertising with us is really it's exciting. You know, it's very rewarding, you know, since it's not monetarily rewarding. Well, they could all. send me they could send me some free meals and I'll try it. Well, I'm sure everyone would do that if they sent them free meals. Your first That's I think true. your first three are free. Plus you get a coupon code with us. I don't know what it oh. is. It's like, all right. I'll do it. It's DGP slash backslash whatever. It's in the ad. <laughs> OK, but even if the ad doesn't isn't even on there next week, I'm still glad I talked about it because um, I really like it. I'm a big fan and um so yeah, and I want to, and I'm, and I'm helpful, like you said. And I, you're very helpful. You're I also a helpful person. want you guys to know that <laughs> since we don't get a lot of politics questions, because yeah. why would anyone? And thinking about it, why would anyone ask us questions? I don't know. We ha- don't have the answers to anything. We don't know. So now I've decided. Send us any questions. If you have a gay question, like an actual gay question, mm. if you have a question about lube or, you know. Brandy's good with relationships and life advice. She'd be a very good life coach. You could, um, In fact, you should all, yeah, all questions should just be put to her. I don't have any good advice. Yeah, well, but she'll be here bugging on, probably coughing into the mic. And um, Yeah, like, that's, that's very good advice. You're so helpful. If life coaching wasn't fucking harder than acting, I would do it. As a, But it's... Yeah, it, it's the same thing. It's uh, yeah. the same hustle. What am I supposed to do? Like, go put no. business cards of myself on a bench no. and be like, need help with your life? $25 an hour? No. No. So, Plus, you have to take a whole thing. You have to pay to take the whole course. So now I'm not taking a fucking course. You guys now will get it for free. And my advice is good. It is really good. You have really good advice. And I'd say nine out of ten is good. Perfect advice. It's great advice delivered very insensitively. Oh, my God. Like a brutal (laughs) jackhammer. (laughs) Yeah. At first, you might think it's actually not advice at all. At first, you might think it's just being yelled at. At first, you might think someone's actually mad at you and you you didn't even solicit anything. You're just being alive and all of a sudden 10,000 texts come in telling you that you're a terrible person. But actually, it's not that at all. It's actually advice, life advice. Oh, God. Well, you know what? You're welcome. Thank you. Let's get to Eye of the Shitstorm. <laughs> you take some shit, put it up on the wall, check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall, put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck, put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. Due to our travel schedule, we're doing this episode a few days early, but as we sit down to record, the major shitstorm of note is the pretend slash for now slash for show repeal of Obamacare. Oh, God. Fucking Republicans orchestrated and pulled off a major win on Thursday when the House narrowly approved legislation to repeal and replace parts of the Affordable Care Act. But (laughs) the bill still has to pass in the Senate, and nobody thinks... That is actually going to happen. It's not. And if it was going to pass, it would go through so many changes that it wouldn't even look like this bill. And everyone's all up in fucking arms and, and loves being drama. They love drama, 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 drama for drama's sake. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die. And it's like, it, it's not going to pass. And whatever does pass will look nothing like this. So a group of Republican senators have already rejected it outright. And said they're working on a new bill virtually from scratch. So there's no point in even going over all the ins and outs and what have you of this bill. It is, you know, it might be just worth just 
poking in or po- pointing sure. in at the fact that what is in it and whoever did write it is clearly just a bunch of fucking assholes. Oh, well, remember what I said. If you want to repeal and do healthcare in this country, you need to be, you know, intelligent, have a good head for business, and you have to have a heart, and you have to have an ability to express and feel empathy. And clearly, in this particular bill, not one of those things were exhibited. Well, all they care about is money. Yeah. I mean, that's well, really that's all. that's the cornerstone of that party. I mean, sorry, no offense, and I'm borderline. Look, I, I'm all those things. The cornerstone of my personality is money, so I don't care. I'm not being judgy. Uh-huh. I completely lack the ability to have empathy, but I wouldn't try and repeal health care. No. Well, and also make pre-existing conditions like no, I would let someone like about else, living. I would let someone else who has a heart deal with that. And then I'd go, OK, right. approved, you know. Right. Um, OK, so. Well, the bill is shit. Everyone knows it. But the shitstorm is all the politicking surrounding the fake repeal of Obamacare. Paula Dicking. <laughs> Paula Dickery. Paula Dean Dicking. <laughs> like Paula Hickory Dickery. Dick, Paula Dickery Doc. The dicks went out the clock. <laughs> yeah, I got her to The crack. dick went in, the dick went out. <laughs> and what's the rest? <coughs> the bill sucks so hard. It's every single bad thing you can fucking imagine. It's like premiums will skyrocket. A gazillion pe- people are going to lose their insurance. Every pre-existing condition won't be covered. That's like literally birth defects, PTSD from rape, cancer, newborn babies with holes in their heads. Like it doesn't matter. The only pre-existing condition that's covered is erectile dysfunction. Exactly. And being rich. You know the pre-existing condition where you're going to be covered? When you're born rich, bitch. And a man with Uh, (laughs) a dick that doesn't work. All right. So So that's um, a good pre-existing condition. That's that's everyone who wrote the bill. um, Dickless wonders. um, Mm. Okay. So... But the by what we mean by the pol- the polydickery, the yes. politicking, uh-huh. um, <laughs> is that okay? So the Republicans, it's so good, you guys. The Republicans fucking had a pep rally in the basement of the Capitol. This is all true. Where they are, I don't know, embarrassingly dancing and shuffling. You I know, can just visualize it too. Shaking. I wish I could sh- like reenact it for you, but yeah, to just um, like, Eye of the Tiger. We're gonna do and, it, and like the Rocky theme, and just clapping. And it's the Eye of the Tiger, we did it. Spill <laughs> of the fight, rise, hey, killing love to the challenge of our risers. I don't know the words. And forget, don't forget that we've got healthcare, right, guys? How are you, Stephen? Good, good to see you. All of the night. I know, I took my tie off. Yeah, Rancid. How are you, bud? Oh, you loosened your tie? Right till the end. Oh, I took my tie off. Of the tiger. Hey, how are you? Yeah, good to see you, too. Yeah, man, we're totally doing it. Hey, Harry, how are you? Good. I know, I can't stop clapping. I'm excited about it, huh? Where's your Chinese wife? Oh, that guy's there, Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah, hey, Turtle. Turtle two time. What's up, bud? Um, all right, so they have this thing, and also don't forget Taking Care of Business, another fucking God. song. Taking Care of Business <laughs> every day, am I right? Let's do some dirty dancing. Come on, Kellyanne. Taking Care of Business and then they're ch- every way. They're chanting freedom from Braveheart. It's like, let's get, you know the last thing this fucking pep rally needs? Mel Gibson in any way. It's bad enough. Let's please not involve Mel Gibson. The fact that they feel that they don't have freedom, you know what I mean? Like... This group of people feels that they're somehow an oppressed minority that's on the fringe. Right. That they need to go into a basement and sing and dance with each other. Listen, we've all been there. Go to a gay pride (laughs) group meeting. It's similar. So that's fine. But you're just a bunch of fucking rich white people doing that? So then they get on to, after their pep rally, they all get onto a bus or they go upstairs and they vote. 
with all their, you know, ties loosened and they're all probably sweat drying on them from their font. Oh, yeah. And they're drinking white Russians. Yeah, and they, they do the what boat. A, what a white, what's a white drink? Then they all go, well, then they all. Beer. Then they all go out. They were drinking beer afterwards. Oh. Then they all go out to the bus together uh-huh. and made this big show of getting on the bus. And my favorite, who's my guy that I love when you do him, he was so fucking beyond made fun of them so hard. He read them for filth for getting on that bus. You know, old Matt, Chris Matthews. Oh God! Oh, I, yeah, what are you doing on the bus? I can't even do it now because <laughs> yeah. of my voice. Julie single-handedly I made love me Chris love Matthews. him because she will do him, and then I'll be in love with her impersonation <laughs> of him. So now I love him so hard. So he was reading them for Phil, just like, like oh yeah, you're getting on a bus, and he was, but and they were, they were a, bunch, a bus full of assholes. I can't believe they're getting on a bus. I can't even, do, I can't yeah, even do it now. She can't do it because of her voice. It. So they get on the bus and they go to the fucking White House where Trump is there Ew. peacocking for the gods with in in the Rose Garden. Doing a press conference in the Rose Garden, which is just not done, okay? The only time someone's doing a press conference in the Rose Garden is when actual legislation has passed and is now an actual law or a thing. Not a horrible, controversial bill. Like, think what you want about the about the bill. Regardless of what you feel about it, it's controversial, and a lot of people don't like it. Right. And the motherfucker's peacocking in the Rose Garden, congratulating himself because it passed one house. <laughs> I didn't know that about the Rose Garden. That was interesting new information. Yeah. What I just said? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like... And then they all all these assholes arrive on the bus. And, and they it, all think that they just did something, and yeah. they're perining around, yeah. being like... Yeah. Look what we did. And people are just confounded. Like, what are you congratulating and bragging about? This is nothing. This is just words. And again, even just the fact that they're doing that, they're so braggy. They're, they're they're sore winners and they're braggy lose they're whiny losers. Yeah. They're braggy, terrible winners, terrible losers. Yeah. Like everything about exactly. them is just terrible. I know. Just like whiny and then arrogant and then complaining and then bragging and then just awful. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it was just, it just was, it just wasn't cute. It just wasn't cute. Not so, a good look. It, yeah. So think what you, I mean, I'm not even like that, you know, I'm in the middle and I just want to say that. I know this is like hammering Republicans, but it just wasn't cute. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to fucking say it was. It's like, it's a gross bill and I can't, I want it to pass because I want a million gazillion people to lose. I want every single person who voted for him and is walking around like, oh no, it's fine that he lies and blah, blah, blah. And I cannot just bring it to themselves to just go, God, that's just a little inappropriate yeah. or whatever. I want them all who all want to talk shit about Obamacare. I want all those people to lose their insurance and be like, what? You mad at Obamacare still? <laughs> yeah, that'd be Fuck good. out of my face. Yeah. All right, so let's um, stop talking about a thing that's oh. never going to actually happen. <laughs> okay. And go to Legislation Nation. We're the kids in America. We're the kids in America. Everybody lives for the music around. We don't usually do Legislation Nation two weeks in a row because there's usually not that much exciting news coming out of the legislature. But between the fake repeal of Obamacare and the damn spending bill, Congress has been busy, hunty. That's right, girl. So Trump signed the fucking spending bill that we talked about last week, and it'll keep the White House lights on. They love to say that. White shocking, House lights, huh? shocking. Until sep- Main Street's still open. Until September 30th. But he added a signing statement with, with air quotes to his signature, which basically highlights four areas where he's placing contingencies. And I thought about putting this on Contingency Street. Contingency Street? Contingency Street. Knock, knock. Who's that? Contingency Street. Who's at the door? That's like Chris Matthews. Who's at the door? Oh, yeah. Who's at the door? Contingency Street. Who's at the contingency Street? They got on the bus and I was like, 
I gotta, I can't, it's because my voice won't go into the tone that his yeah. voice will so do, but I can talk. make the mouth do it. Yeah, your mouth looks like his. Because he goes like that, talk, talk, like yeah. that. <laughs> and and he, then he gets very angry. I'm going to get off the phone. You're a full moron. Yeah, that like, what like, are you doing here? You're a full moron. Just get off the phone. We're going to keep going. All right, <laughs> next up, I'm, we're going to have on a guest. We're going to have a great guest. We've been working on the hill for a long time. I'm like, good friends with him. How are you? <laughs> Tell me something that's going on in the hill. No, uh, tell me something else. Okay, not interested. Don't even like it. Don't like what you're doing. Don't like what you're saying. I'm going to keep going. Okay, next up. On the, and then it's like that. Oh, my that. God. So I can just I imagine. Literally, like, I'm se- I literally, I became sexually attracted to her, and then I become sexually attracted to him. And it's weird, because now I watch him, and I'm like, I am like in love with him because this. And, and Julie, every time, she has to start making a meme where he calls people retards and morons and hangs up on him and shit, and then I like get so into it. It's amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. And then she, but then she says he has, I hope we haven't told you guys before he's that he'll, she'll do Greta Van Susteren too. And she's like, it's he, she's the girl version of him. They have the same kind of quality, but it doesn't work with her for me as much. Well, he's way more, his, he's he's just way more extreme. Yeah. Yeah. He's abrupt and mean. He's like, yeah, okay, we're done now. We're going to keep it going. Thanks for tuning in. But she's like her, she's more like, do you think that you could work with Hillary Clinton? (laughs) Yeah. No. Interesting. Okay. Well, Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> like it's like more friendly or something. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Let's run through the highlights of the spending plan and then go over the things that he quote unquote pretended to agree to, but then gave himself a quote unquote out, which means to do whatever he wants by writing the signing statement. And since we went over most of it last week, it's tad bit repetitive, which is why I fucking hate talking about shit until it's all official. But whatever. The interesting news is that most of the Republicans are super pissy about the spending plan, but they felt strong armed in t- into signing it in order to avoid the government shutdown. So they're like, they don't even like right, it. Right, right, right. Because everyone's like, oh, bipartisan, bipartisan. But they're like, right. we had to do that or fucking... Or you the know. lights would get turned off and they right. all have to all say yeah, that. Like, right. we don't want the lights to get turned off in Washington. <laughs> right. Like, the lights aren't ever getting fucking turned off in Washington. <laughs> yeah. So just stop it. So a Tea Party Republican representative from Vermont said, it's a win for Democrats and a loss for conservatives. We have a Republican in the White House and control of both chambers of Congress, yet this legislation fails to include key conservative reforms Republicans have long advocated. Yeah, and it does seem, to me, it does seem like, there's not that much Republican shit in it, quite frankly. And apparently there's this move they do, which I think is quite common, where they work on these bills behind closed doors and they keep them super secret. And you know they're 900 fucking pages long, you know? And then they deliver them at the very last minute so no one has time to read it. Right. And then you can't amend it. And in this case of the spending bill, I read that it was kept a secret and then delivered last week, which was seven months late. That is so fucked up. Yeah, that I mean, they had so seven months, up. but still, that it, well, if the Democrats did it, then they made it happen because the shit is it, it is bipartisan from what I've right. seen. So they put some fucking interns to work that mm-hmm. night. They sure did. Lindsey Graham's bestie and lawn jockey beard, John McCain, said during the vote, "Is there any member of the United States Senate that has read this?" <laughs> and many of us are going to be compelled to vote for it because we don't want to shut the government down. Yeah. And he's pissed. And you know what? But I'm like, I guess that's it's all Paula Dickery now. And it's Paula Dickery. It's just like Paula fucking, Dean Dickery do. There's just nothing. I mean, ugh. It's how just, do they sleep at night? I don't know. I don't know how they sleep Including at night. The Democrats like they're all doing it. They're all you, you can't get in, under the shroud of night. You've got to fuck it. So let's run through. We're already over, but let's run through the things. OK, Um, 4 percent increase for military. OK, 400 million increase for foreign aid. OK, um, and state diplomacy. 
So that which runs counter to the administration's vow to slash foreign assistance. Right. So they didn't do that. Good. The, I'm just going to read this one. Okay. The plan does follow through on the administration's pledge to cancel climate change funding and contains no money for the Green Climate Fund, which assists developing nations in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. That means Julie was right, which equals her being happy. <laughs> you were- I also... The shit they're doing with the climate and well, not just climate, but just like they're like the pesticides and stuff. I mean, get ready for your food to be all chemicals. Oh, please. Like you better start eating organic because literally all there's no regulation now on your food. There's it's no, gone. There's no regulation on anything. They, they're pesticide. I was just reading. They The pesticides are back, honey. They're all back. Oh, like they're the all of them, not just the main one that the the, the one was just I don't remember the name of it, but it was just like it's the main one that that, you know, Monsanto and that they own the fucking raid or whatever it's called. It's right. Whatever. It's back. All right. So domestically, um, three <laughs> percent increase for the FBI, two percent increase for NASA. Oh. Three. We told you this last week. But we're going to repeat it. Three hundred and forty one million for replacement fencing. Really, that's what we said. That's really <laughs> replacement fencing. It's going to be some nice accoutrements. What a lovely fence that is. Oh. Is there roses growing on that? I mean, that? there's going to be boxes of flowers. Oh, we want we want some bougainvillea. That's popular in California, <laughs> you guys. A trellis. And there's going to be, oh, a trellis. I like hearing that word. The barbed wire is going to be covered in flowers. And the, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. And ivy. A place to visit. Wildflowers are going to grow. People are going to take their newborns out there to do. We, we took pictures of Hunter yes. and Chandler they're gonna in put the wildflowers, the poppies. Yeah, they're going to put a park out there so you can go. Oh, good. Run one. through the field. And they can throw. Um, drugs at us <laughs> throw it over the fence Emilio yeah. while I'm jogging Julio, throw it throw it Julie was in sports um, yeah 170 million for communications and surveillance communications and surveillance along the border which I thought they said they weren't going to be able to hire that's a, that's got to be a covered shrouded thing you know what I mean maybe it's cameras and 100 million for access roads so roads, but Trump's one billion dollar request for new border wall denied stamp. There's a stamp coming down called yeah. denied, but actually accepted because yeah. it says replacement fencing, right. which will be turning into a wall. Right. I said from the beginning, a wall outside with no roof on it is essentially a fence. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> they found a way around that. So one percent budget cut for the EPA. Ugh, Again, so meow, gross. Meow is right. So gross. That's gonna get shut down anyway. So gross. Um, three point two billion for medical research at the National Institute of, course, of Health. I'm so sure. What are they going to research? How to keep your dick harder, longer? Um, mm-hmm. two hundred eighty-six million for Title X family planning, some of which is provided to Planned Parenthood. Okay, it's all about the the repeal and replace of Obamacare. That's going to have a lot to do with with um, Planned Parenthood too. So ju- essentially, right. Julie's fear, her lesbo fear, is not out of the woods here. She gets to <laughs> hang on to it for a while longer, guys, and she's thrilled about it. Yeah. So the signing statement signature is basically just a written pronouncement issued by a president as he signs a bill into law. They can be used to explain the president's positions, prod Congress to pass more legislation or to put the this is now this is what Trump wanted to put the president on record raising constitu- constitutional issues with the bill. Now, Jesus, a.k.a. Obama, <laughs> never used this. But George W. Bush and I like George Bush. Um, he used them all the time. So it's obviously a Republican trope. And mm. that's fine. Here's a quick things that the signing signature thing covered. One, marijuana. The spending law, the new spending plan forbids Justice Department from spending any money to prevent 44 states from implementing, implementing their own laws 
for marijuana. Oh, so that's good. So now, but Trump put that in his caveat that he can go against that if he oh, wants. Oh, I see, I see. He did it to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. That's the reason he said okay. he's going to get involved in these marijuana laws. Uh, I'm so sure. I don't even understand what that means. It wasn't just bad how I read it. And why it would he even? Trump said that the law conflicts with his constitutional responsibility to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. So I don't know. Maybe it's laws with like cops and marijuana and maybe. drugs. Yeah. But everybody's everybody's legalizing marijuana. I mean, I mean get on the marijuana are. train. Just, just get on the marijuana train. It's like it's like coal miners off the train, marijuana on the train. Sorry. That's how it's going to go. You know what? Get on the drug train because we're on it. And we're actually, Julie's like, uh, she's the train conductor. <laughs> and I'm like oh, the waitress. Just kidding. No, I'm not. I like sit in the bitch seat and I relax. We have <laughs> right. a staff for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. It's weapons. There was a weapons provision. Of course. Um, there's something with White House Czars, I don't even. Czars? Czars? Czars. I don't even get it. Congress blocked the president from hiring certain Obama era White House czars, mm -hmm. including key policy advisors on health care, climate change, the auto industry, and urban affairs. Why would they not want him to they hire? They don't want any of, you know, Obama. Well, he said he's not going to listen to that. He's going to hire whoever he wants. Exactly. There's something with affirmative action, which I also don't get. A spokeswoman for the House Appro Appropriations Committee said, we're going to still go ahead and review the president's signing statement to, de sure. to determine how we're going to respond to yeah, that. Okay. okay so okay. we're not just going to like, I don't know what your signing statement means, but we're going to approve it, but we're going to pretend that we're not going to. <laughs> I'm going to add an assigning statement to your signing <laughs> statement, giving a caveat to that. All right, let's get the fuck out of here and talk to a real person. Let's have a kiki. I wanna have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. Motherfucker. I'm gonna let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I wanna have a kiki. Die. Turn. Work. Let's have a kiki. We are gonna serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. This is a segment called Off Limits, like my voice should be. <laughs> and it's basically us interviewing someone about a subject lots of people consider off limits, namely politics. Today we're talking to Kate Casey. Kate hosts a super popular podcast called Reality Life with Kate Casey, where she recaps tons of reality shows and not just the Bravo ones, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And she talks to huge reality stars that we love. And for those of you who are fans of reading, she also recaps the shows on her blog, loveandknuckles.com. And for those of you who are fans of reading, but not fans of reading reality, she also writes funny shit about pregnancy and parenting because she's a mom of four freaking kids under seven. Oh, my God. Uh, but we're not talking about that. And thank God, and no offense, Kate, but with that many kids, I hope you enjoy drinking and taking pills as much as we do. Right, Mayo? Yeah? Uh-huh. Today, we're talking to Kate about her time as a white house intern which just so happened to coincide with the most famous white house intern of all time monica Lewinsky, bitches yay oh. hi kate hi so excited oh God, you, it's, i was just realizing that it's been 20 years since i know the monica Lewinsky debacle i feel like was it has it only been 20 years I mean, apparently. Yeah, like a, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's weird. I just watched her on a TED Talks too, Monica Lewinsky yeah. was, and she was talking about like the whole thing and I was just reliving and regaling it all before we spoke to you. Well, Andy Cohen always talks about her. Did you, do you ever, you, cause you've heard Andy Cohen mention her, right, Kate? Yeah, they're apparently friends. I think he goes to, she goes to his like Christmas parties. Um, yeah. You should get her on your <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That'd be fucking amazing. I She'd know, probably I do wish. it. 
She'd probably do it. I feel like I feel like she would. I feel like she would because I've actually I wrote a piece about her once, um, and it was like in defense of her. I just you know all these years later, I feel like we all should just kind of like cut this girl a break and let her yeah move on from it. I feel so badly that like she can never escape it. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, oh my god, she would totally be on. I mean, that TED talk was all about her being victimized by the whole thing and how yeah. she wanted to be like let go of shame and guilt and. Well, I completely talked shit about Hillary during like where I was like, I didn't hear you defending her motherfucker. I was going to ask you before you. Well, after you tell the story, just if your feelings for her have changed, like at that time, if you were like offended, like, oh, my God, and someone my own age is whoring around with the president. And then now as as an adult, I know for me, I got way more sympathetic as an adult. Right. Like I understand. Uh, it's you know. Absolutely. I, as, as, you know, as the years have gone by, I've become way more sympathetic. The interesting thing is after I wrote that piece, I had friends from college who were still just not sympathetic. Just, you know, this was, she really fucked things up. Um, you know, they just didn't have any um, sympathy for her. So I thought that was interesting that all these years later, and those are my friends who are so still like devout Democrats. I mean, I'm I'm a registered Democrat, um, but I'm so removed from that life now that I just think I have a little bit more perspective. But I think for the people that live in D.C., it's hard for them sometimes to walk, like separate themselves from anything that's political. It's just, just really it's interesting. I just don't I, I just don't get I mean, I, I understand as someone that age I was, you know, obviously we were all certainly around that age at that time, like within a few years and I you know at that age it's it's it was easy to be judgmental of her because we were we were all young but and when you're young we were so young yeah and you think and you when you're young you think you know everything and you think she should have known better but as you grow up obviously 20 years later it's like it's his fault he's the one who fucked everything up she's a young kid right I mean I don't know so when she was when she started dating so she started dating him how do you say hooking up with him in 1995 I believe she was like 22, maybe. Um, so when she was started to see him on the side, I was I was a White House intern twice. So I was an intern for the press secretary. So at the same time, Monica is in the White House. She's like in the Oval Office area at that time. And was this when and you were a freshman? Started, like your first internship or the second one? This was my first one. Okay. So I'm working across the street in another building. She is being moved around from office to office. And real quick, how so would she be an intern if she's on. 22? Did she not have to be in college? No. The thing is, is that so many people get internships based on who they know. So I found that when I was an intern, I was like one of these poor kids that, you know, was eating beans. And a lot of the kids that are interns have a wealthy family. And they would go to, like, the Hay Adams for lunch and eat, like, a $25 meal and then come back, and they didn't even work. So it's like the poor kids are, like, working their asses off, and they're, like, these rich kids. It was, like, two different groups. So she was very well-connected. They live, She and her mother lived in the Watergate building. Whoa. And her father, her parents were divorced. Her father was a very successful attorney, I believe. So she was incredibly privileged. So she got an internship, and then she started having a sexual relationship with Bill Clinton. And I believe Betty Curry, his secretary, you know, they all kind of knew something was going on. How do you even get, so, how does she get um, access to the, um, to the president? How does the intern get the access to yeah, the president? Yeah, did you ever see all? him? Well, You're much prettier than her. Because <laughs> by the second, my second internship was um, a junior year. And then this started in August, 1997. So Princess Diana died the week after I started my internship. 
as we rolled into the fall, that's when things started to heat up and Linda Tripp started um, taking so the conversations with that Monica. You, that you were there at the start of their relationship and then two years later when it I came know. out. That is fucking weird. So it's at the same time. She's, I think she's like two years older than me, though, but I'm going to school. Like a lot of those interns, by the way, they don't live in, they don't go to school in D.C. I went to school in D.C. So I'm like in the thick of it all. So then, like the fall, uh, you know, we're we're going into winter, and that's when she went to Pentagon City Mall, and she met, like, to the Rich Carlton and had a meeting with Linda Tripp, and there was the secret recordings. That was all at the end of that December. So that the first week of January, that's when it all started to unravel. So by May, we're we're knee-deep in Ken Starr's investigation. So it all, like, really unraveled quite quickly, and... If you lived in D.C. at that time, there was nothing else that anybody else talked to. I mean, it was so insane. And I um, I remember there overhead of her where she lived with her mother in the Watergate. I mean, it was impossible for you to get even drive around there. There would be sightings with her because her attorney worked near the National Press Building. She would go to lunch, you know, with her attorney and it would be like paparazzi. I mean, paparazzi on the level you don't even see anymore. Like, like a Kim Kardashian... Well, it's that was that was the whole thing level. with Princess Di too. Right, that was at that time when it was like at a fever pitch. Well, what was her job that she got to meet the president? Though I still don't understand. She, what... They shifted they shifted her around a couple times. So the, I think at the first job she was supposed to read the mail and like the correspondence, which is like she nothing. read the mail, the dick mail, <laughs> right? And then they they were like, something's going on. Um, why? Is, so when you're an intern, you get a badge, like an, an appointment badge, instead of a. So she, okay, the funny thing is, is my second internship, which was when this was all starting going on, I was an intern for the lower press office. So my job was to go to the White House at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I would go through all the newspaper clips, and I would then drop, make copies and drop them off in the Oval Office, like in the Oval Office, all the executive um, offices. So Betty Curry's the secretary across from Bill Clinton. She was the one that was brought in for all the questioning. I was the one dropping off their newspaper clips every morning at the crack of dawn. Oh, my God. So I was there, you know, when no one really was there, and I always felt like I was being watched. So for me, I remember at the time, everybody would ask me, like, do you think this is possible that he was having an inter- a relationship with an intern? And I feel stupid now because I would say, there's no way. There are people watching you. All the security is so intense. So now as an adult, I'm like, Okay, he's totally sleeping with her, and he just tells everybody in his staff, like, just uh, deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then if you remember, they started. They tried to they tried to get depositions from the Secret Service, and George Bush Senior actually made statements about how against it he was. Like the Secret Service should be protected. Um, so, but they wanted all, all of the staff to basically dime them out. But I couldn't uh. believe it. I just could not believe. And then if you remember. Then towards, and then we're moving towards like June, July. I think that's when the blue dress was used as evidence. Right, like she kept the sperm-covered dress, the jizzy dress, homie. Like, because that was like a. Keepsake. But I remember, like back then, people were so excited about you, you came off the election, and there was like you know Democrats were in office. There was so much that was we were the Democrats were doing for the country. So when this all happened, there was this absolute paranoia that you know he's going to get impeached like what's going to happen so there were people who were just like you know they're two consensual adults 
which they were. They yeah. really were. Yeah. She was like, you know, 23, 24, 25. I mean, what? I mean, we all were like having sex 23, 24. I mean, who? Well, yeah, of course. So when you look back now and you're like, it's not that big of a deal, but there was just such a paranoia there then that I remember. And then after that, there was such hatred for Kenneth Starr because by then we knew how much money had been spent on all these investigations. So um, it's just interesting because I feel like that's something that we all still get upset about are like government investigations and how much money, like how much it costs and did we really learn anything from it, what the country was put through. But in the end, what do we learn? We're like, is it really surprising that Bill Clinton was having affairs? No. What was the the whole issue was the Paula Jones lawsuit. And right. was he telling was Monica, like giving her tips on how um how to talk to attorneys and um so that was the the problem. And then remember Kathleen Willey said that she was a staffer. She said Linda Tripp said she saw her walk out of the White House and she had lipstick smeared on her face. <laughs> Oh my God! So Linda, Linda Tripp sounds like Linda a fucking Tripp bitch. Dimed all, yeah, she just pulled on all these people. What is she her was fucking like a deal? Vendetta. Yeah, what is her and deal? And I remember she, he was so fuck her? Un- she was so unattractive. Do you remember that? Yeah, John Goodman. He fought her on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but yeah, that was the these- funniest. That Saturday Night Live clip where he played her. So oh my good. God! So and then she had these two really attractive kids, and I just thought, you guys, I feel so bad for the kids because I mean, their their mothers like. She she was demonized and well-deserved more than Monica. But okay, so I have some questions. So here, first of all, was he was it a well-known thing around there and among the young people that he was like a pussy hound? No, not at all. Uh, Not at all. And then and then after everything came out, did as an intern, did they go through and do some like in-house investigation where they're like, we're fucking run through every intern and finding out who else fucked him. And everyone's just like, not me, not me. And even if you did, you'd still be like, mm-mm, I didn't do anything. Well, there definitely, there definitely is like a little lockdown about what interns, like what access the interns have. That's for sure. But I remember that uh, it was like that spring. I was asked to give a speech at the Democratic caucus about um, increasing Pell Grants and saving student loans. And I, so I introduced President Clinton and Vice President Gore. And um, two things that are funny was that it was on C-SPAN. And uh, my friend's parents all said that he was staring at my butt the whole time. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sure. Which is weird because that's before I realized I shouldn't have gluten. So I was, like, so fat. I just drank beer and ate pizza. So it was not attractive. So I was like, hmm, that's depressing. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that the next day in the papers, they didn't even mention my name. It said a young woman around the age of Monica Lewinsky. I mean, so like, that's sure he... how Monica centered it was, which yeah. I don't care anymore now because I was so ugly. I would never want any, anybody to see a picture <laughs> of me then. He was standing there going, why did I waste my shit on Monica when this bitch was working <laughs> around here somewhere? <laughs> and then, okay, so, and then what about Hillary? Like, did you ever, what was, I want just to know, like, before it came out, what, like, what was her level of likability? What was her reputation? And then as opposed to after, like, was she whatever a well-liked figure around there? Because, I mean, what I, my impression was that she wasn't well-liked, but I don't know anything. I mean, it's called... I did not have that experience because, and I have to tell you, like, you guys keep in mind that I'm a graduate of a women's college in Washington, D.C., the same college that Nancy Pelosi, Kelly Conway. Whoa. Um, like, we all, like, Maggie Williams, Hillary Chief stuff, like, we all went to the same college. Of course, they're all older than me, but... Um, you know, we, I went to a school where you're basically, if you go there, it's because you want to have a career in politics. So there's such pride for any woman in politics. Like, you know, I'm a registered Democrat. I'm probably, I would call myself politically very moderate, um, now, 
but I would say that, you know, we were, is Kelly Conway was super right at that time, or so obviously still is way beyond that now, but there was such a pride of women in politics because there are so few women in high ranking positions. Right. I mean, probably less than now. So Hillary Clinton for me was like, I, I was just so impressed by her. Um, And then when it happened, I just felt such anger. Not, it was weird, not for him, but for, um, for, for like the press and how hard they were on her. I just kept thinking, you know, it's bad enough. She's got to deal with what's going on at home. And now we're all slamming her like, why won't you leave him? Right. I just, even right. then, I, I thought, well, it's like so much more complicated than we think it is. And right. I know to this day, people are like, well, they, you know, they were just in it for power. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe they were, but that's kind of like their deal. Right. Well, that's I, why my I mother always I have great, stuff. I've never wavered. I have great respect for her. I, I just, I think she's a, she's a great lady. Um, I don't know people said like Heather McDonald will give me shit because we actually did stand up in December in um, DC. It was right after the election. And I remember she we were taking a tour and she kept giving me shit like that. I wasn't more upset with um, Hillary for sticking up for Monica, but I'm like, who's going to stick up for the woman that like gave your husband a blowjob? Like, why would anybody do that? Yeah. Oh, I have to say too, I went on a tour of the Capitol. This is right after the election. And I got a tour from the cops and the cops back then. So we're talking November 19th, 20th. Um, they said even back then that when Trump won the election, they all, all the Republicans were in the cloakroom were kind of like, oh, we're fucked. And that they ex- had said back then they expected him to be impeached uh, pretty quickly. So, I mean, we're, we're months, months later from that, but I oh, well, that, is, that, that is interesting. That. I also think that politics has changed since I was there. I mean, I thought I would have a career in politics until I realized that um, I don't really care that much about people and I don't get paid <laughs> enough. Um, but I think that I had friends that stayed there um, who, you know, worked for years and years and years for people. And I just, uh, I can't understand. But back then, I mean, I had friends... First of all, in order to, at Trinity, everybody has to work. If you're a political science major, you have to work on an election. You have to as part of to, to get your degree. So we had such great respect for people of the other party. You know, it's different now. Like, I remember I went to protest outside of, um, it was the Ralph Reed one, whatever he ran. It was like, anyway. Yeah, just some I, Bible beaters. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. like a Bible beater. And there I had classmates who were so super pro-life because it was a Catholic school super pro-life and we went and protested outside of the building we were like you know this penis party's got to go hey hey or whatever it was and they they walked out to see what was the commotion was because all these camera crews came and we were like waving to our classmates like oh hey what's going on (laughs) times have changed like if you have a different political opinion from somebody you want to like shoot them outside your house yeah and that that makes me sad like you but i just but back then i felt like when people just knew more about what was going on in the world. And now you just read a Facebook post and you think, you know, you're informed. Well, it's definitely, just, it's a different time. I definitely think it's social media hands down is what's turned this, this climate the way it is. But I wanted to know, um, was there any dirty details that we didn't hear about? Like, obviously we know the cigar went in the vagina and <laughs> I guess she sucked his dick and he jizzed on the dress. Like, does there like do, do we do we know if Bill Clinton has a big dick? That I don't know, but I do know that they had phone sex all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, all like... <laughs> the time. She was calling that line God. in the Oval Office, and they would just have phone sex like, all the, the time. Is there a camera in the Oval Office now or no? I think there I was then. Think so I think, but they always have 
they always have like a soldier right outside the door. Right. It's like, get to work. Yes, talk. He's just like doing phone sex in the Oval Office. He's just like, I'm going to fucking lick your pussy. Now, hold on a second. Yeah. I mean, just like like that. Putin's on the phone. Hold on. Probably. And then I think they apparently used to, when they would act like when she would be, there were times where apparently she would go and he would say to the person who was right outside the door, she's going to be here and she's going to be here or she's going to be here for a while. Like she would come up with some cockamamie explanation why she would be there. She worked at the Pentagon. So she would say she was dropping papers off to the president of the United States. Like, now I look back at that, I'm like, this is so insane. Wow. Yeah, She would totally. show up and they would say, she's going to be here for a while, so just, like, go get, go get yourself a coffee or something. And so there's this little room in between uh, the Oval Office and, like, the next office. There's, like, a li- like this teeny tiny room. And apparently that's where they would, like, get it on. Um. Now, I mean, you sound before, like, as a last question, you sound like you were, and you know, were very, like, sort of innocent and or at least idealistic when it came to politics. I mean, I know I would have fucked him, and I don't even think he's hot, and I don't even like him. But my problem would have probably been with the fact that he was married, and I think that was the main problem that a lot of people had more than the fact that she was so young compared to him just that he's married you know so especially me at that age it was like I was appalled that 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 she got with a married man but I mean if he wanted to get with me and I was an intern I mean I think I got to do that I don't know that's Brandy talking by the way I want everyone to know that's Brandy Howard talking that is not me talking okay the day that I did that um that I had that uh speaking opportunity everyone's leaving and he sat, Bill Clinton sat and talked to my mom for a while about student loans and Chelsea going to college. And I thought my mom was going to just like pull her pants down. Like, <laughs> and well. I, I kind of, I, I think he has a quality that I would say the only other person I can think of is like Howard Stern, where he makes you feel like you're so interesting mm. the way that Howard does, yeah. where a woman feels so validated and so special that they just, I, I think women in general are just like, especially in relationships, they just accept that not someone's just going to have to pay attention to them. If someone's somewhat unhappy in their marriage or the relationship or they're insecure and there's this very powerful man for sure. Also, if you want to do some like really fun digging, there was a Vanity Fair article around 20 years ago where they interviewed political interns and the political interns were just admitting yeah, I've had sex with a congressman, or because oh. for in, right, like Chandra it's, like, it's a company oh, town. Right. It's no different than Hollywood. Now I live in Los Angeles or area, and it's the same exact thing. But uh, DC is ugly people. It's the same <laughs> scenario where yeah, I'll sleep with an agent because I know he's really powerful, and maybe for that you or know, an ugly movie star because you're like, oh my god, you're star tr- starstruck. They're totally. hideous. So it's like, and yep. I mean, at the end of the day, she didn't even really have sex with them, or he didn't have sex with her. Well, didn't they, though? Wasn't that just one thing they caught? I mean, weren't they doing it for a while? I didn't ever think they had sex, but I guess, are you just saying they didn't admit it? I think they, I think they had sex, and they didn't admit it. They probably had sex, but I think that he, he just got paranoid, and he said, all right, let's just say, um, Uh, you know, I'm the the idealistic person. (laughs) I all believe they never had sex. Oh, I think uh, that's uh, that's bizarre that you would think that. Was he fucking her on the desk in the Oval Office? Yes, he's fucking her in the little room outside. You do? I do think that you're right that there are a lot of men that say um, to themselves, "Well, if I don't actually have penetration, then I'm not I mean, that I'm not cheating on my wife." Yeah, it's not as bad. 
But he's doing it so many yeah. times. There's no way that they can do get together so many times they're not going to have sex. I don't know. I guess I just thought that just wasn't really the right environment for something like that. I, I also know. think she was really in love with him. Yeah. She so that, that makes talk. me think yeah. that they did have oh. sex. I really think in her, in her head she believed it. Yeah. Well, she said on, in her TED Talk she was in love with him, which then solidified also, to me that they definitely had sex. Well, if you hear her... Do you her, remember her... that it came out... Do you remember that it came out that she had had an affair with another married man before that when she was right. in college? Right, yeah. Um... And then they then they were like, oh, look at her. She's just... She goes out for married men. And now that I'm older and I've had kids, I kind of feel like she probably has some daddy issues. Yeah, she's you definitely... Know. You could tell she has low self-esteem. Makes me sad. And deserved. Right. Yeah. But um, she... Uh, on that, Howard Stern always plays those old recordings that where she would constantly leave... Bill Clinton messages on that line and I mean oh my god there was no doubt she was in love with him I mean it, I mean he was probably shriveling up like lady get it together <laughs> Jesus and then remember that Ken Starr was so obsessed with the case do you remember he subpoenaed a bookstore where she bought a book and I think the book was about it was like some fictional book called Box I think at VOX boy I just pulled that I don't even know where how I remember <laughs> that but apparently there was some storyline in the book that had like a couple having phone sex Oh, uh-huh. my God. Ken Starr was definitely and jerking was like, off to yeah, the whole thing. Point, he was so turned on by the whole I, thing. I don't know if he's still married, but do you think his wife was like, I think you're so obsessed with Monaco and Steamboat Clinton. Like, you really need to, like, go on vacation for a couple months. Yeah, somebody should should get him back now. Yeah. I mean, the 20th anniversary, is it 2017 or is it 2018? The 2017. So when will that be? That'll well, be you know up. what? It was actually, it, it's hard to say. It's like Jan, it's like December, January. It's like that right around that time. So it's going to be a, a reunion. There's going to be a fun, yeah, I'm maybe su- Andy Cohen can yeah, host the reunion show. Together. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised um, Kate needs to host it. I'm surprised that What's His Fuck didn't do, Ryan Murphy didn't do a. Oh, maybe he will yeah. feud with that. Yeah, and old What's Her Face with the two heads can play every character. Oh, yes. Good one. Good one, good one, good one. Another good one, thing that one. I thought was interesting was a lot of people would say, oh, she's, she was too fat for him. He, he wouldn't Oof. be a interested her. She was too fat. And now I'm like, what? That's so rude. He's he so ugly. So weird. And yeah. by the way, she's a beautiful woman. She really is. And she's not a dummy. She went to like the London School of Economics. Like, well, yeah, and she's her not parents, an idiot. Her parents are really smart. Matters well. of the heart turn people into morons. Exactly. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, she was, she, yeah, she has a low self-esteem and, you know, but all right, that was really fun. Thank you for talking with us and sharing your sordid past as a White House intern <laughs> with our 14 listeners. Uh, you would never know it now, <laughs> considering what I do now. And tell, tell our listeners where they can find you on Facebook and Twitter and any social media. Okay. So my podcast is called Reality Life with Kate Casey. You can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. I love to tweet about shows and even politics, too. Um, my Facebook page is Love and Knuckles, and my Instagram is at KKCCA, and I do celebrity parodies. Like, I'll take Kim Kardashian's outfit and I'll imitate it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was really, really fun, Kate. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And now it's time for So There's That. of you probably get sick of hearing me describe what this segment is but we're always hoping that some new random person has stumbled upon this podcast and they're like wow this podcast is so amazing and life-changing but what the fuck do they mean when they say so there's that (laughs) so to that one person if you ever come on and we get 15 listeners 
I explain it each time for that person. And so what it is, is that Julie's negative and in the past has found it difficult to find anything good going on with this administration. So every week she has to find it. So there's that moment that we end the show on. So all right, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that moment for this week? This was another tough week. Tough, tough week. Well, I, I could just meow, meow, meow this all the way home. Maybe because you're sick. Yes. And it was, I mean, I really didn't care. So, <clears throat> so thank you, Aran Aro, for doing this. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> the new executive producer of So There's That, named Aran Aro, um, did find this. And this is what I'm using. So um, for those of you who, don't, who didn't know, another Trump appointee has pulled out. And I mean, there you know, there's the one, the one that got fired. Pulling out doesn't always work. Gross. <laughs> and I'm, I, 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 that's what I, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. And that's why this is a, this is why this is important. So, um, <laughs> now there's he got fired. He's pulled out. The other ones pulled out. And and I was going to say this pullout was just as important as all the ones you all live through once a week in your homes. <laughs> Except this one won't get you pregnant, or apparently it might, but. Um, it will give you all the diseases, including the most important one being apparently the disease of being gay. Senator Mark Green pulled out for consideration as the secretary of the army. Now, on paper, the guy should be perfect. He's a doctor, an Iraq veteran, and a senator. The problem is that he's an insane conservative Tea Party homophobe who publicly said transgender is a disease and things like this have been accepted because we're not seeing the light and we're accepting immorality. And he wants to be the light. Now, once a motherfucker brings up immorality, you know his computer is full up with dicks up butts of like young teens and babysitter porn. That's right. Now, he also said he doesn't want the pillars of Islam to be taught in textbooks. He would fight for women's rights in their bathrooms and quote, quote, my responsibility very clearly in Romans 13 is to create an environment where people who do right are rewarded and people who do wrong are crushed. Evil is crushed. Clearly, there's a million problems with that uh, statement. Uh, the first being Romans 13. Exactly. Let's not quote Bible verses, please. Okay. So <clears throat> you can think whatever you want, but sorry. As he pulled out, he gave a statement, <laughs> a whiny, bitch-ass statement, which really could be pointed right at me because I'm literally doing what he's complaining about. Quote, and unfortunately, due to false and misleading attacks, misleading attacks against me, this nomination has become a distraction, he said. Tragically, my life of public service and my Christian beliefs have been mischaracterized and attacked by a few on the other side of the aisle for political gain. So just so you know, he said all that shit, and now he needed to pull out. <laughs> now, <clears throat> yeah, this is about your shitty fucking Christian beliefs, which, in fact, aren't Christian at all. They're just shitty. And I'm tired of people using their religion as a shield for their ignorance and their hate. You wouldn't use your religion to get to be racist. You know why? Because no one would have it. It's bullshit. It's lame. It's cowardly. It's lies. You're just a fear-mongering, repressed asshole. And yeah, we all got your number. You don't get to try and come for the gays and other people's religion. You grade-A hypocrite of the ages. And I will absolutely not accept you thinking gayness is immoral or transgender is immoral or some sort of opinion you get to have as a public legislator. Every time someone in public politics has something to say about gays, just imagine it's about race and see how that opinion sits with you. So Senator Mark Green, guess what? You think you're the one that pulled out, but in actual actuality, we didn't let you finish. So welcome to what it's like to being your wife. And all I can say is, so there's that.
that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Another day, another no dollars. <laughs> but we are up to 264 reviews on iTunes. So at this rate, iTunes will notice us and feature us probably sometime around the fall of 2021. True, true. But thank you to everyone who has left reviews for us. Yeah, of course. And if you haven't left one, go on and write one now. Because each week at the end of the show, we are going to read one. Okay, so this one is from Mac Addict on January 22nd, 2017, titled, I Needed This with a Heart Emoji. I've been living under a rock since election day. I had checked out completely. I just wasn't able to even begin to process what was happening with our new orange leader. I heard about this podcast on The Gayest of All Time. That's really where I fell in love with Julian Brandy. I love when people say they're in love with us. <laughs> I nervously listened to the first episode, worried that any moment I would fall into a deep, dark place, hearing some horrid political thing. Instead, I found myself feeling some hope. Julian Brandy have different viewpoints, but they come together and somehow make sense out of the senseless situations we find ourselves in. It doesn't hurt that they are both hilarious, oh, powerful, and well-informed. Powerful. That's nice. I actually visited a new site for the first time since Election Day after listening to this podcast. It is like a counseling session, news update, and comedy all in one. Thanks, Julian Brandy. You have lit up my little corner of the world. Now someone give these two a paying gig already. $3 in ad revenue doesn't buy much drugs, folks. Yeah, no shit it doesn't. That's right. <laughs> And that person clearly is a Mac addict because there's no fucking way they typed that whole long review on an iPhone <laughs> that was done on an actual computer. And it's also important to note that whether by accident or by design, the accompanying rating with the glowing review was actually one star. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It literally says one star and then it's this nice ass review. That's so funny. Well, thank you anyway, Mac addict. We love you and the rest of the 14 listeners. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and sick. And horse and dumb. Sorry. It's all shit. It's all just dumb gay politics. America has gotten kind of whack, but we're not going to let it go down like that because we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know.